time to talk basketball. Bonnie Nodge joins us this morning. Bonnie, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, all fired up. The bullets all fired up. All fired. Well, our coach is fired. Um, somebody's fired. <laughs> um, how are you guys doing? How, what's, what's the mood like in Brisbane? Is everybody sort of adjusting to the fact that, uh, hey, we've got a bad team? Yeah, well, I read your article, Body. Can I say, firstly, fabulous headline, too late to have a beer with Duncan. That's great. Uh, <laughs> on your blog. <laughs> body. That's top oh, shelf. That. Oh, but your article was typically hard-hitting, Body, and uh, took no prisoners. Uh, you think it's not just perhaps James Duncan, but the players themselves are, uh, for some time now, been underachieving. Is that where you're coming from? I think they are underachieving, but I don't necessarily think it's a very good group. So I think you've got to look deeper at um, who who assembled them. I mean, you know, Sam, Sam McKinnon, he's got a bit to answer for as well. And I guess it's almost like, well, you, you had a lot to do with putting this team together. Now you can coach them, mm. um, which uh, we would love to have seen that here in Adelaide a couple of years ago with Jeff Van Groningen and some of the teams he put together and then uh, asked Connor Henry or CJ Bruton to see what they could do with them. This is why you really need a lot of coach input into who you're actually recruiting. So, yeah, um, Brisbane's demise, I don't know. I mean, they, they, I know I know. How I had, hadn't put a lot of store by beating Illawarra twice and, and beating Tasmania when they were coming off a game against Perth. But they had won three games and they were sort of, it looked like there might be a little bit of momentum building there. And then to lose in the manner in which they did in Cairns, I can't believe that that was the final straw. It's like, oh well, okay, now he's lost to Cairns because he had the, he had the fever window, you know, a, a mm. break in there, a recess where if you want to pull the trigger on the coast, do it then, um, and at least give your team a, a bit of a chance, a couple of weeks to sort of get used to the new idea of how they're going to go forward. And of course, then losing Tyrrell Harrison and, and Aaron Baines for that game against New Zealand. I mean, that was that was a skyhooks horror movie. Let me tell you. Mm. Some of the reports, body coming out of uh, for Brisbane, uh, it's been written in the press here, was they felt that James was a good coach but was more of an assistant rather than a head coach. He didn't transition well enough. Yeah, I, I would subscribe to that. I think you've had him on the program and you would have found him to be a, a, a very agreeable soft Oh, coach. 10 out of 10, lovely bloke. Yes, exactly. But um, I think that doesn't always translate where you need some, some hard discipline, where you need to make some tough calls on players, and you need to get in their faces a little bit, which which coaches at times will have to do. I don't think he, he in that area he was terribly strong. And I think that, that group has got some strong personalities in it. And, you know, the coach's personality has to be even stronger. I mean, that was the thing back here. I know I'm going a long way back now, but back here in the 80s when we had the best 36ers team in 1986, I mean, that, that team was just filled with, with alpha males from Al Green and Mark Davis and Daryl Pierce. It was filled with alpha males, and the coach was Ken Cole, and everyone shut the hell up when he spoke. So that that's where you have to be as a coach. You have to be the man, and I, I think James at times was too conciliatory and, and too... Too gentle, basically. Mm. So, um, I mean, but I just think the way that that was done, I mean, you don't really realise that after you've gone 10 and 18 last year that maybe he was he was better suited to an assistant coach role. I don't know. I think the Brisbane hierarchy has a bit to answer for here. Well, not a great week for Brisbane, but uh, some clubs did have a uh, good week. And I know you I see you've mentioned Adelaide, South East Melbourne, New Zealand and Cairns all had uh, something to crow about. Well, well, New Zealand in particular, because they beat Cairns, which is a, a very good win to get in Cairns, and then went home and then 
smack the bejesus out of Brisbane. So, you know, if you're New Zealand, you're feeling pretty good about life right now. I think they're definitely a championship contender. But then if you're Cairns, to, to bounce back from that loss at home against the second-place team to then beat the first-place team in the Sydney Kings, after you're 14 down in the last quarter and looking like you're gone, to come back, force overtime, a couple of huge baskets, huge three-pointers by DJ Hogue at the end of the regulation to take it from 72, 78 to 78 all, force overtime, and then to not trail at any time in overtime. Like once they got to overtime, it's like, okay, this is our game. We've done it. We've come from 14 down. We're not letting this go. And the qualities that the team showed, you go, oh, that's, that's an exciting team. If you're a Cairns Taipans fan right now, you're very excited about what the prospects of this season hold. So, And getting over to Adelaide, Adelaide has just been steadily building. You know, they've, they've, they had to um, go through the whole Craig Randall kerfuffle. And uh, as I mentioned on the program, sometimes it's addition by subtraction. With him gone, they've now started to find who they want to be as a club and to go over in Perth and to basically, uh, from start to finish, uh, have the Wildcats you know, in double-figure deficit. You know, that, that was a pretty good performance. I think they've turned the corner. And now CJ Bruton, who... You guys will remember, many would have thought should have been the coach of the Brisbane Bullets after Andre Lamanas. Mm. Maybe maybe the club made a mistake there because Bruton has basically engaged his players so that if they do get a third import, now they're debating whether they need one, but if they do get a third import, and I think they do, if they want to win the championship, the players have input into that. So, that, so it's not like, oh, they're bringing someone in... And then now we've all got to get used to it. The players are actually having input into who, who they think they should bring in. So I think that team is on the, on the same page. So we've got a few clubs that are really starting to distance themselves from teams like Illawarra, Brisbane and Perth, who are just and Melbourne United, another one I should add, that are just sort of struggling and basically seem to be chasing their tails. Mm. Body, there's always talk now of expansion. Uh, yeah, some are wanting a second team out of Sydney. Do you think any, uh, like, Illawarra Hawks would be the one. Are they in trouble of losing the licence and perhaps going somewhere else, or do you think there'll just be more teams added? Look, I think it's six to one and a half a dozen of the other because the, the truth is they're, they're the only club that was there at the beginning and has been through the entire history of the NBL, the Hawks have been a presence in the league. However, that Wollongong community hasn't always shown up and put bums on seats, you know, and that's really what, what they've needed over a period of time. No club has gone through as many um, situations where they look like they're going to fall over as the Hawks have, because the, the, the local community, when they see all oh, the team's in trouble, then they rally around save the team, and then they all go back to their knitting or whatever it is that they're doing, or fishing or surfing or whatever, you know. And then, oh, team's in trouble, we all reappear, and then we all disappear. And and that situation, I think it, it comes to a point where you've got to go, well, is there a future in this town, or do we relocate this team? Now, the other part of the equation is the NBL is looking at, at additional teams and has been for a while, and looking at traditional places such as Canberra, and, um, and Newcastle, where the game was, um, the NBL was actually born. Um, but then the second team in Sydney, would that work? Would that work? I mean, in the past, they've had West Sydney. It hasn't really worked. It doesn't. Sydney's not a sort of city like Melbourne, where you could throw a third team into Melbourne and that would succeed, because the, the rivalries become instant. You know? Whereas Sydney, Sydney fans don't seem to embrace that. They've had the West Sydney West Stars. 
They've had the the West Sydney uh, Razorbacks. They've had the Sydney Spirit, and all of them basically died in the butt. So you know, realistically, I don't know that Sydney wants a second team. Um, so now you've got to look at you know the locations that I'd like if I was still a working journalist is maybe have a team in the Bahamas, maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe right. have a team in Bali. You know, I don't know. You know, I'm getting on that road trip. <laughs> I mean, uh, looking at the Illawarra Hawks, uh, Body. I mean, is Brian Gorgian that good? I mean, they were in the sort of they were in the hunt last year. Did they lose players or just him? Well, I think sometimes we don't put enough stock by the fact that the coaches have a brand as well. Like if a Joey Wright was going to coach somewhere right now, you know, a bunch of players around the league would go, "Oh, where's my contract? When does it end? I want to go play for him." And Brian Gorgian obviously is is absolutely number one in that category. So when he's appointed coach, players want to to be in that environment, whatever that environment is. And now when he leaves, well, have a look, do I breathe? He, he doesn't see any reason to stick around. I mean, you know, players jump ship left, right, and, and straight because he he is part of the the brand and what made that destination attractive. So without him there, um, his his successor was always going to be doing it tough. Now, I don't think their import trio is particularly bad. I like Peyton Seaver. I, I, I like Tyler Harvey. And uh, Michael Frazier is back to sort of try and prove that he, he belongs in the NBL. So there's really not a lot wrong with their imports. And Sam Froling is capable of, of dominating a game. So they've got the pieces. I, I'm not quite sure why that isn't working, but they've got a little bit of time to try and reconstruct it now, and hopefully they'll come with a bit of a wet sail in the middle of the season because it's been pretty disappointing up to now. Always a pleasure catching up with you, Body. Really appreciate it, mate. We'll call, talk next week. Just a quick one. Don't yes. forget to get down to uh, tomorrow night to watch the two teams that belong in the fraud squad. Brisbane and Perth. I thought you were going to announce another book for a minute. <laughs> that might be the title. <laughs> Fraud Squad by B. Nodge. Yes, I like it. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, See you guys.